so happy that you showed up and joined in to listen and take part of my podcast. It's called You're Probably Right, where everything is right to somebody. And sometimes the left is right and sometimes the right is wrong. Yeah, that didn't really work too well, but whatever. How you doing? <laughs> you have entered. You're probably right. Podcast. Thank you for showing up and listen up. I got lots to say. Actually, I don't have a lot to say today, but I'm still happy you're here. So first thing I wanted to talk about is an invitation Now, the invitation was made popular by the show Seinfeld back in the day. And I believe I got an invitation the other day. It was, well, actually it was today. (laughs) I'm not saying the other day. Um, What it was, was I've been applying to a lot of jobs to a company that I've been working for for quite a long time now. And this company boasts that it is trying to be equitable to people of color, First Nations, people with different uh, histories of issues regarding their intersectionalities that have kept them back historically and yada, yada, yada. And uh, for some reason, I thought I had gotten through. And what I mean by that is that for some reason, I well, I didn't actually believe I got through, but when I bounced the idea off somebody else, they told me that I was being a little bit too um, sensitive and I'm reading the situation wrong and I could have got the invitation. And I'll tell you about the invitation in a second, but um, I know I didn't. So here's what happened. Now, the typical business day you generally goes for most companies it's between eight and four or nine to five and generally this company when they offer you an opportunity to interview or to do an online practicum like a written um, essay form question before they interview you um, they usually give you a week um, I apply for this job approximately say the 12th of December to the 15th, somewhere around there. And all of a sudden, two days ago, somebody emails me and says that we would like to invite you to fill out an online practicum tomorrow at 3.30 p.m. Now I'm looking, I'm saying 3.30 p.m. But I wouldn't even have known if this invitation came probably till the next day because the invitation was sent to me at seven o'clock on the night before the practicum. Um, As I said, generally, this is a four day thing, like four days, five days, even like they'll tell you, when do you want to do this? Such and such. Now, granted, before you used to be able to walk into the offices and you would do a 20 minute practicum, but I guess this is a higher paying job so it's up to up to an hour but the bottom line is 
because I've already done other practicums that were 20 minutes or half an hour. This one was an hour and because they expected, I guess, more information. Um, but the point is, they sent me this invitation at seven o'clock the evening before I was supposed to do this write up, this write up. <clears throat> of course, I didn't actually get the invitation until 10 p.m. because I'm one of those people, maybe not a keener or whatever, but I'm the kind of person who will check back in my email because I haven't been getting notifications automatically in my email. I said, you know what, I better be diligent and just check every once in a while. So that's what I did. And there I was. I had to, I, I woke up the next morning and I made sure that I brushed up on all the information I could possibly brush up because at the end of the day, I have no idea the question they're going to ask me. Of course, I might have a gist just because I know what the job is that I applied for. But at the end of the day, I really don't know for sure everything because especially when you're applying for a job that you're not doing presently, you may not know the little intricate ins and outs of that job to make your experience relevant to that job. So basically you need to bone up just like you'd have to bone up for the interview. Even if it was a job that was something like yours, you would expect to have more than say 15 hours or whatever it is to get ready for the job. Anyway, that didn't happen. So here I am and waiting. <laughs> This is the this is the day after they told me that, that let me know on the Friday. It's Friday now. I'm recording this. They said they let me know today because they're holding the interviews on the Monday and Tuesday of next week. Again, that's rushed as well. Just to find out that they decided to email me again at seven o'clock to let me know. Thanks for your interest and blah, blah, blah. We can't offer you an interview at this time. And it kind of pissed me off. Because for one, I thought I did well on the practicum. Two, I'm perfect for that job. And for me not to get it is very, very, very disappointing. Me getting that job could have changed the whole trajectory of my life and my family's life. But for whatever reason, I didn't even get an interview. And it's disappointing. But anyway, that's life, right? How often do one of us crabs get out of that bucket? You know, it's funny. We, we argue amongst ourselves in society, you know, maybe you're black or you're white or you're brown or you're Asian or whatever. And there are certain things in this world that you would like to do. And for some reason, your culture or just you have never been afforded the ability or not the afford the ability, but never been given the opportunity to, to try. And I, I'm here thinking, oh, it's my opportunity. I might get a shot. And lo and behold, it wasn't a shot. It was kind of like them throwing a carrot in front of me and me stupidly thinking, well, not really because I didn't believe, but of course you have people around you saying, no, 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 this is for real. Um, but you know, that carrot's out there and you're reaching for it or better yet that football's out there and Lucy's holding it and you think for a second you know what Lucy's not that bad of a girl I think she'll actually let me kick the ball this time 
course, this is a reference to Charlie Brown. If you don't know Charlie Brown commercials or videos or shows or movies, then just check it out. Just put, just type in Lucy Charlie Brown football. And you'll see what I mean. Anyhow, so anyhow, they move the football, and that's my story. <laughs> Am I bitter? Hell yes. <laughs> But what can you do? You know what I mean? There's always next time. I'll be more prepared, I guess, to do a better write-up, I suppose. So that's it. And after that, I'd like to talk about um, the mass information that's in society now. I've noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed, that anybody putting out a narrative that's different from the mainstream society's narrative you're getting silenced if you you know i i remember it happened about two years ago they sent everyone this thing on youtube if you had a youtube channel letting you know the different that rules are changing and if you slander anyone which if you think about it youtube and other social media outlets are pretty much based on slander and um trolling and blah 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 but the bottom line is they can pull you off or take down your channel or you just not allow you. And it was multiple um, providers that were actually going to do this. So if sometimes if you posted a video, say on on Facebook and YouTube, a lot of time, both of them would take you off in Twitter because I think Twitter's is it Twitter or Instagram. One of them is connected to Facebook. I don't mess with Twitter or Instagram or Facebook so <laughs> that's why I'm not really sure but I remember the communications and of course we all know what happened to Donald Trump when he kept putting out all kinds of uh, information about so-called fake news they took care of his case pretty quickly and it's interesting I say that we haven't really heard of anything or I don't know if you have maybe you're on this certain kind of news or whatever it is but I haven't really since he's been out of office I haven't heard nothing about Donald Trump. I don't know if he's well. I don't know if he's sick. I don't know if he's alive. He's just kind of under a rock somewhere. And I mean, after that job and after his experience, I mean, if I was him, I probably would be hiding under a rock somewhere too, or just going to make another couple billion dollars doing something totally different. But that's that. But I mean, just, you know, the mass information now, it's, you know, I heard somebody say, I think it was Brett Weinstein. He said, um, the mass information or mass or mass mass formation psychosis something like that basically telling us that um you know what to think what to believe and if you are one of those people who happen to be a provider of any counter information according to the going or regular narrative that is regular now then basically they shut you down. But, you know, I really think we as a society need to think about that and think about where we're going, where we don't even want to hear two sides of the story. You remember when you were a little kid and, you know, you get into an argument or a fight with a sibling or a classmate or whatever, and you both come to mom or come to whoever and say, you know, this happened, this happened. Who broke the, who broke the TV? Who smashed the car window? Well, you know, this person did this first. And that person did that first. And then you would hear both sides of the story. And, you know, generally if the person was a balanced 
level-headed person, they would try to figure out what happened and try to straighten things out between the two parties. Nowadays, as we've gotten older, for some reason, we've allowed this um, infantile way of dealing with things like this. In other words, when something is going wrong in society and one side, you know, tells us that this needs to be done, this needs to be done. We need to close shops. We need to close schools. We need to not allow anybody to go to work. This, 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 everybody has to take this. And then, you know, for us who are maybe not that educated in that area, would like to hear a few different opinions. For some reason, our other opinion opportunities are being taken away from us. Now, some of you say, well, you know, why would the news lie or why would a politician lie or, um, you know, they're looking out for the for for our betterment or whatever it is, you know. If you think that, you're probably right. But me personally, I don't necessarily believe all of those people have, you know, our best interests out for us. And at the same time, how could they? You know, we've come into this society where everybody's supposed to think, think the same way. We're all supposed to have the same um outlook on things and for some reason what's good for me is good for you and i don't know whenever that has been the case i know what's good for the goose and good for the gander they've always said but really what's good for this population may not be good for that population and this was just an overhaul all right so it seemed although places like florida and places like texas and the states they seem to have had relaxed rules on a lot of the stuff and they don't really have many more cases, you know, than other places do. If anything, they have a lot less. And I know that they've, there we go, trumped it up a little bit and said that Florida's out of control or this place is out of control or like, um, what's that church? Grace Community Church that Pastor John MacArthur is at. Um, you know, they went through countless, um, fighting in court with, with, the with the city, you know, stating that they couldn't hold church, but they did anyway. Nobody's wearing masks. There was a few people there at the beginning and then everybody was back. And meanwhile, they had at least six or seven to eight months longer of church services in their church than pretty much anywhere else in North America that we know of. Now up here in Toronto, they actually jailed a a minister for keeping church at his church so i think we're dealing with a total different set of rules up here in canada but you know you know that already probably if you're a well-informed person if you don't look it up so the cancel culture you know it is really difficult to kick against main street or the goads it's it's hard because you never know if your whole cause and your whole situation is going to totally be changed just by being different. Now, going back to what I was talking about earlier. Now, usually when these companies write you and tell you a certain thing, usually they say no reply, this, that or the other. Um, I have a mind to do something totally different, but I don't know if it will. Um, if it will ruin my chances of being interviewed 
but I have um, a trick up my sleeve to see if I can get that done. And I think I'm going to attempt to do it. And I will let you know in the next podcast right off the bat if it worked. I think I'm going to write them something else to see whether or not I can interview. Now, that is basically unprecedented. It's not something that you usually do. Once they've rejected you, usually there's no way of crawling back because they've already picked out selected um, candidates. Anyhow, so here we are. And I'm going to try and talk about a few other things. So, have you noticed, and I'm going to go on the way of children's skills now. A lot of this stuff is pandemic related, but not really. It's kind of a signs of the time kind of time. But um, have you noticed that if you're if you're an adult, which I'm hoping you are, because <laughs> this show is only for adults children's skills on the computer and tech have you noticed that they're getting younger and younger have you noticed that your 10 year old or at least i know that for a fact but have you noticed that your 10 year old 8 year old 9 year old can show you stuff on programs that you have no clue about and this is And I'm not obviously talking about kids that are allowed to stay on the computer 24-7. I'm talking about kids that actually have a regimented certain amount of time that they can stay on the computer per week or per day. And, you know, I'm looking at this situation and I realize, like, again, looking for jobs. I was looking for a job the other day and it required a skill that I don't even have. But guess who actually has that skill? my 10 year old now he may not have the maturity to um, be able to to differentiate between certain types of information and disseminate what is important from what isn't but i realized the qualities that these guys are are the work that they're actually wanting my kid can do it which is kind of crazy to tell you the truth um so i just wanted i just you know putting it out there and i'm just wondering if you've noticed the same thing like for you who are grandparents or you who are middle-aged or whatever, you notice that the kid's quickness on his computer, like I'll tell you, my son, he's been doing um, online schooling for the whole pandemic. And at first, like we bought him a computer last year and he was frightened, it seemed like to say the least about trying to do certain things. He had a specific game, first of all, that he liked to play, but he was playing it on, I think, the Nintendo Switch or something like that. And we said, you know what? You could probably move up a level and you know, be more successful if you have a screen that is way, way, way bigger, like 26 or 27 inches bigger, and you have um, a keyboard that can let you do a lot more functions at the same time, and you have a mouse. And he was like, I don't even know what's going on. I'm going to try this, try this. But what ended up happening was he lost the Switch, the Nintendo Switch. Disciplinary reasons. But also, I kind of don't like the fact that he was using that screen so much and it was messing with his eyes. So I said, it's better to get him to the bigger screen where things are closer to um, life size in proximity to where things are happening on the screen, if you understand what I'm saying. Like, obviously, they're not life size. But 
the distance um, into the screen. I can't think of the word, but um, it seemed normal. So things seemed like they were 100 feet away. They were actually 100 feet away as if you were looking at a person on the street, if you understand what I'm saying. So, um, but anyway, it seems like it's better for his eyes. And also just from doing his classwork, which I thought, but people argued, and I, I said, you know what, give him a, a few months on this computer and he'll be ready <laughs> once he graduates um, high school for university and doing a lot of the courses that we end up doing on courses. I mean, on computer anyway, if you are a person who's been in college or university lately or the later grades of high school, your skills on Zoom, your your skills on writing writing um, applications and all kinds of stuff, your speed is important. And now I'm just telling you from this kid being in grade three to grade five, his speed is phenomenal. And I'm so happy that we decided to keep him out for that reason. And I know that people have been like, oh, kids need school and they need to be out there and interact with his peers, but they are interacting. I mean, obviously the physical is not there and the teacher tries to do the gym classes or whatever it is. And it's not the same thing, but you know, the social aspect is there. And if you have a half decent sized family, the social aspect's going to be there. And I mean, thinking about when people were a lot more literate back in say before the 19 before the 1960s before the 1970s um and obviously way before that but think about schoolhouses when they used to have 12 kids in four different grades um they weren't totally messed up <laughs> the reading levels were higher i mean this kid's going through a few books a week Whereas when he was in school before now, yes, he is older, but he wasn't finding that much time to read. A lot, of, a lot of the time was wasted in travel with me picking him up from a from a babysitter to rushing him off in the morning before his eyes are barely open. Like now there's it's so much more relaxed in that way. There's the stress is so a lot smaller, like all it would need for the interactions really was maybe if this COVID stuff wasn't popping up every five seconds and Omicron wasn't the new thing, then maybe we could just throw him in a, a soccer club and he could get learn practice and interactions physically with kids. And then basically he'd have his whole rounded out situation as far as I'm concerned. I'm sure obviously there's other things that are necessary, but I'm just realizing that I am so happy that he stayed back for these two years. <clears throat> now, what else I wanted to talk about was our screens and sound editing, and I know, you know, obviously I'm doing a podcast here, so some of that stuff is actually important to me, but I was thinking, what can you trust now? Uh, one of the biggest um, conversations nowadays is AI and how that's going. And, you know, I'm thinking about what's real with all of this technology and what are these children going to be faced with within the next 10 years i mean everything's uh, so-called deep fake now i mean have you seen the videos where they show um al pacino mixed with one guy and jim carrey mixed with one guy and it's like if you didn't know you would honestly think there was somebody that looked half like jamie fox and half like denzel washington really out there speaking like denzel washington like um what's that guy i can't remember what that guy's name is um was this Ferrero? I, I can't remember his name is, but the whole, the whole point is, is that we're able to 
take apart so many different things now in so many different ways that like you know when the sounds came out like pitch correction is crazy like we only really most of us in the mainstream only knew about this pitch correction because of t-pain and his auto-tune but to realize that he turned it way up but actually the pitch correction is just making sure that a singer can use it to their advantage i know a lot of people out there think that oh you know t-pain he can't really sing it's he was using the instrument to make it sound like it's sing, but that's not actually true if you've ever tried it. And I know a lot of you out there are thinking, no, 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 it's, it's true. No, it's not. It's pitch correction or auto-tune is a tool that people who can sing on key can use to their advantage to sound even better. But if you don't sound well or you don't sing well or you don't stay on key especially, then what ends up happening is you sound even worse with auto-tune and take it from somebody who sung a lot of songs and you know if you know anybody you could ask them pitch correction and auto-tune and stuff like that actually helps your voice to do different things but it doesn't make your voice better at all in a sense <laughs> yeah so i wanted to talk about something and i know it's probably a little more um close to the i guess to i guess local but um, what I'm realizing is the government of Ontario here in Canada, they have, they really don't know anything. I mean, all you're hearing from these people is trust the science, trust the science. They go back and forth from lockdowns to no lockdowns to school, no school. And um, then they're throwing you back in there and they're telling you that the numbers are up. Now they're telling parents that they're going to no longer let you know if kids in your class, if your kids in your 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 child's class has COVID. We don't know how many people are really going to end up sending, keeping their kids at home or sending them now because they're having the opportunity because it happens to be just after the winter break to decide to keep their kids home. And we don't know about the numbers. The numbers have gone astronomical. The, the head person, health person said, um, the numbers don't mean anything. And it's probably way more widespread or spread than we can really tell you. So, of course, the major outlets in Toronto have stopped, have stopped reporting the numbers every day within four or five days. And sadly, I believe that was part of the narrative is to, to get that off of, get that out of the mainstream news to say how many people are catching this thing. But now they're paying attention to other numbers. So now they're, which they should have been paying attention in the first place, how many people are being hospitalized. How many people are in the ICU? How many people are dying? That's the main thing. It never was how many people are getting it, just like the flu. It's never a matter of how many people, it's the, how many people are having severe reactions. And I can honestly tell you that right now, and this is just a personal thing, and I'm not trying to dissuade anybody from believing that um, what the governments are doing are, is perfect and, you know, let's everybody get a needle and get a needle. But personally, from what I understand, from what I've seen from those who have had it, I personally would much, much, much rather catch it than take another needle that we don't know what the adverse effects are going to be in the future. Now, luckily, I'm a person who is not planning on procreating anytime soon. I can honestly say that it works out for me in that way, but I mean, for everyone else who you're pressuring to get these shots, 
We really don't know. This stuff stays in our system and it does different things. I mean, you know, it's kind of like, what, let's see, um, like Tylenol 3. Now, Tylenol 3 might kill the pain, but it might also cause you constipation on the other side after you've taken four or five of them. Or um, like there's other there's other drugs. There's drugs that will keep you from having blood clots. But then if you have a blood situation, it'll make you bleed out. You know, like why these people are are trying to tell everyone that, you know, you take the shot and everything's going to be fine and perfect. When I think like what's his name? Um, Dr. Malone, I think, is the person who who first engineered the technology to make um, these vaccines has taken it and he's also very very wary of what it holds for us in the future so my personal view is and again has nothing to do with that anybody else feels at this point i would honestly much rather get this <sighs> glorified flu or glorified cold or nothing because <laughs> that's what a lot of it's been flu for somebody cold for somebody um come up positive but no no um symptoms at all for some people so that's just my two cents it's just you know i'm tired of these people saying let's follow the science but they keep telling us let's follow the science but we don't hear from the science or we just hear them on the guise of science supposedly but it seems like it's politically motivated it's politically motivated for them to, for them to tell us exactly what they believe according to who they're working with and you have the opposition there confusing everything and judging their every call you know the lower levels of like the municipalities and the provincial governments they are you know basically fighting against their opposition at the same time instead of just giving us the proper news sometimes it feels like they're just trying to win and it's worse now that it's even election year and if you noticed in here in canada um there's certain politicians that are kind of quiet right now the reason why is because there's an election coming up in june and they don't want any problems would you so the one thing i would ask for these people to do is that if you're going to trust the science let us hear from doctors and doctors alone Let's not hear from the politicians. The politicians can make the final rule. In other words, I would much rather hear a doctor say this, 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 this. I believe this is the recommendation after taking it to the health table. And now we will go to the province to let them know our findings and then ask them to make a recommendation for this or this. But that's not what was happening. For about a year and a half to almost two years, we would see Doug Ford in Ontario here, Ontario, Canada coming on the news telling us we're going to do this and we're doing this i'm going to throw this at it we're going to throw that at it everything but the kitchen sink yada 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 all these catchphrases and then they'll go back on whatever it is they said they were doing a few weeks later whatever it is depending on how much pressure they were getting from their opposition this should not be the public health narrative whatsoever anyhow I've talked to you. Hopefully this uh, podcast comes out good. I have changed what I'm recording on. So you can leave a comment or you can drop me an email at YRP. What did I say? 
YRP. I always say YRP for some reason. <laughs> no, YPRpodcast at gmail.com. And that's about it for today. So take care. Take care of yours. And take care of everyone you know. Peace out. This has been another broadcast of your Probably Right Podcast. Take care.